Welcome to the Along the Way podcast, your place to become an equipped and encouraged parent so you can experience God's absolute best for your family. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Along the Way podcast. This is part two of our conversation with April Swears. So if you missed part one, go back and listen to that. But today in part two, we're really talking about how you know, when we're parenting, there's a lot more than what we see on the surface. So check out this conversation with April Swears. Because discipleship is my jam. Like that's what I do. I teach the Bible, I help disciple primarily women. And it's realized, it's made me realize how how much in this machine of church stuff that we do, we can dehumanize discipleship, mm. right? So we have our strategies and we have our methods. And if you if you read the Bible every day and you pray and you do all these spiritual disciplines and you check all these boxes, this is the kind of person you're going to become. And um, what I'm realizing is you never just disciple the spiritual part of a person. You disciple the whole person always. You And so their brain chemistry matters. Their traumatic experiences and how that has shaped their brain matters. Um, a lot of things, and as I look back in people's lives that I've discipled, that I thought were just recurring sin issues. Like, oh my word, can you not get over this? I'm looking back and I'm like, I bet that was a trauma issue. Mm-hmm. I, be- I bet it wasn't this, like, they kept su- succumbing to temptation. I-, I bet there was a trauma going on, which re- it, it literally reshapes your, your brain and how it works. And so that's where um, the big gifts have been, just dependence and then realizing that I have got to start humanizing discipleship. I've got to start seeing the whole person. Um, and, you know, there's a story in John 4 that has just been so helpful for me. Um, it's woman at the well, mm-hmm. right? I taught John last year, and such a familiar passage. So I'm always like, okay, Lord, you know. I, I, I don't think I'm going to see anything new here, but I was reading a commentary by a woman named Marianne Mae Thompson, and she brought to light, you know, the part of the story, Jesus is talking to the woman, and he says, go get your husband, and she says, I don't have a husband, and then he says, that's right, you've had five husbands, and the man you're not with is, and you're now with is not your husband, and in every sermon I've ever heard, and, and this could be true, it's not that it's wrong, but in every sermon I've ever heard, it's Jesus is exposing her sin getting to her sins. First thing, you know, first thing he's got to do. And Thompson says that it's only when we map on our, our modern categories onto the text that you would ever make that conclusion, right? So we, we see immorality because in our culture, if somebody's been married five times right, and they're living with somebody who's not their husband, like, we're like, eh, that's, that's cringy, right? In her culture, women cannot initiate divorce, so if, if it had been ended marriages, she had been abandoned. Um, There's also a very high mortality rate. So high chance she had been widowed more than once, you know. Um, also, the fact that she's with a, a, a man that's not her husband. I mean, I mean, these days you can live as a single woman and thrive. Absolutely not the case in her culture. Okay. So... What Mary Mae Thompson talks about is she says, you know, it, it could be that Jesus is trying to get into her sin. But if you're just taking the text and in its context, there's no further conversation about her sin. Um, in fact, what it seems Jesus is getting at is, is, is he wants her to know that he knows her. Mm-hmm. And so we are often taught that what Jesus is trying to get to is her sin. I... Man, I'm seeing it with fresh eyes now, and I think Jesus, what he is getting at is he sees a woman who has suffered. 
and is currently suffering. And there's, I mean, God meeting women at a point of suffering is like a really strong pattern in scripture for that. But I think that's where um, the biggest gift that God, that Landon's given us is it's helped me um, shift from a paradigm of, okay, where's the sin? That's what we got to fix. To realizing God doesn't just care about what we do wrong. He very much cares about the wrong that's been done to us as well. Absolutely. How that affects our lives, how it affects our decision-making, how it affects how we see the world, all the things. And he knows us, and he loves us, and he sees us. And he, Jesus was coming after the whole person that was standing at the well that day. And that is how I want to parent. That is how I want to disciple. And I was not there yet until the Lord blessed us with this beautiful child who every single day, um, I had to look at the whole person and, uh, I didn't even have a category for bad behavior that isn't sin. I had no category for, for like, of course, bad behavior is always sin, but my, my child, that's not the case, right? His brain is doing things that he literally can't help. And it, because we're these aren't volitional like no, no we're embodied creatures so what's going on in our brain comes out in the way we move our bodies the way we what we say all these things and now don't wait he does some things that are they're volitional they're <laughs> volitional um, and we consequence them differently yep. but that's been a big part of it but that's wisdom right yeah because, because there we you're recognizing hold on like uh, there are some other factors here mm-hmm. yeah that we have to take into account. Um, but if you just do the the cookie cutter kind of like, okay, this is, well, you did this, so it means this. Yeah. And then that's where I think wisdom gets thrown out of the window. Yeah. Um, but, you know, parenting is discipleship. Yeah. So, you know, this whole paradigm shift of discipleship and humanizing all those mm-hmm. things, it, it almost sounds like, well, how did we ever get away from, like, it, you know, it's, mm-hmm. of course, discipleship yeah. is, deals with, you know, humans and mm-hmm. and parenting is we're dealing with whole people but we're even finding ourselves having to say that because it's so easy to deduce discipleship and then parenting to the transfer of information yeah i need to tell you stuff i need to teach you something and that's why i think the the modeling aspect of this is still so key yeah. it's so key and Remember Jesus, he we're about to celebrate this Christmas, my favorite time of year. It's like mm. he what it's the incarnation. Yeah. It is God who's saying, Hey, I'm going to embody all of these things so that you can see it, so you can touch it, so that you can experience it. Um, on your terms, really. Mm. He condescended, right? So it's 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 for our good, it's for our help. And so many times what we have to do for our kids is we have to condescend. We yeah. have to like come to them where they are, come to their level in order to convey the things that we want to do. So as God's shaping us, our parent, our kids are seeing, hold on, mom, dad, man, you're, you're in process. Mm-hmm. You're, yeah. you're following this God that you say you trust, this that you say you depend on. Well, they're seeing, wow, mom is depending yeah. on, on God. Mom is trusting dad is dad as well. So uh, I, I just think that you know, to your point, you know, the idea of just um, 
deducing parenting discipleship to the transfer of content Mm -hmm. and not that that content, if you will, being embodied in compassion, love, coming to your level, then we it doesn't it doesn't make it there. Right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So when I I really see. To me, two big things that, that we've talked about so far today, and, and one being, you know, you talked about this a while ago, April, but, um, and we've talked about it on the podcast before, but so much of parenting is focusing on who we are mm-hmm. and not who our kids are. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I can say this without, without getting emotional. Um, last night was my son's birthday party, mm-hmm. and uh, we went around the table talking about, you know, our, our favorite thing about him. Like, oh, I, you know, I love that you are kind and all this, and and of course he's five and he wanted to turn and he said, he looks at me and he says, my favorite thing about me is that you're my dad. Mm. Um, and for me that meant a lot because I, when I was his age, my dad was not involved in my life. Um, and I didn't have that to look at. I didn't yeah. have that model there. Um, and you know, my hope as a parent is that if nothing else if it, even if the, the discipline isn't working, even if the patterns aren't working, even if the, the, the step one, two, three, whatever that is, am I living my life in a way yeah. that from a humble perspective, I hope that, that my kids want to be like yeah. that. So, so for me, that's, that's, that's one part there that we've talked about. But the other part that I think is huge is that if parenting can all be done from a book, if parenting, honestly, and not to talk down about our podcast here, but if parenting can be fixed by a podcast, then it takes God completely out yeah, of the equation. For sure. That's right. And that's the, I love the way that you said that. That's the beauty of it mm-hmm. is that there is a need to be dependent on him. There is a need to be reliant on him through parenting that, that no matter how much we talk, no matter how many books we read, it can't be fixed by anything but him. And that's just the nature of being in a broken world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm familiar with your background. Some definitely come from, you know, broken family and the mine, same, same way. I'm just curious, growing up, what, what was the, the family makeup for you um, that influenced even like your parenting, how you thought about? Um, very positive. Mm-hmm. I have all positive memories. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, you know, because we, we, we're, we're all in therapy, my family. Thank you, Landon. <laughs> it's actually been really good, though. Um, but but anybody who's been in there, you know, you do a lot of you you do a lot of looking back because the way you parent is always in some way related to how you're parented. And with me, I was not. I didn't need a lot of parenting. I was very self motivated. I was self regulatory. I um, I love rules. I love obeying rules. Give me all the boundaries. I'm very timid. I'm very risk averse, and so that has played out. Um, and, and my, my husband is complete opposite. So yeah, it's been a fun ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, for sure. And, but, but as far as the, I'm so thankful for, I mean, God was so central in my home and I, um, I have a mother in particular who just demonstrated a very personal, connected daily relationship with Jesus that was modeled so beautifully and it wasn't anything spectacular it was just your simple just walking with the Lord day by day reading the Bible praying being you know loving and and serving the Lord so yeah yeah. so that's what I'm saying it's like you're you know what what you the context you grew up in now that you're in it's just kind of like you 
new categories, new mm-hmm. everything, you know, not just uh, from church culture, but also just, you know what, like, this is just not, was not present in my home, you yeah. know. Um, so for, I think for a lot of us, we, that muscle, if you will, or that paradigm, it didn't, it just, some paradigms need more shifting than others, yeah, right? For and sure. Some, and some, <laughs> and some just get shattered, right? Right. And the thing about a paradigm is you don't know it's active. Mm -hmm. Usually it's in the background running everything you do and everything you think and everything you say. Um, But until you're confronted with a situation that exposes it and that Mm -hmm. demands a change, like what we are doing is not working. We have to shift. We have to pivot. And then you start to dismantle and rebuild. Um, Yeah, it's tough. It requires a lot of humility because you have to admit that your way of doing things wasn't Affected. That's exactly so. Oh, that's the worst, you know. Right now, I'm, <laughs> I'm in, uh, you know, doing some premarital counseling and uh-huh. working with a couple. But I always say, I start off the same way. It's just like, you know what, you know, you're coming in with an idea of what marriage is supposed to look like, what it's, you know, what a husband is, what, what a wife is. And a lot of that's been built off of what you've seen modeled for. So, even, I'm saying, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to convince them that even right now, there are some things that are running in the background. Mm-hmm. It's like your worldview yeah. of of this that. You've been influenced more than you'll ever know. And my job is to help you tease that out and to see where those things are going to kind of clash a little bit. But mm-hmm. and I think it happens with our, our parenting a lot. It's like we, we bring in these preconceived notions and these, these ideas and, and they need to be, you know, dealt with, sanctified, yeah. mm-hmm. um, all those kinds of things. Yeah. So, you know, what? I have, I love, I love information. So I've always thought I just love to learn. But I've realized that what I've really loved is to go into classroom environments that affirm everything I already think. Hmm. I want that expert to tell me all the things I already kind of already know and just build on it. And what what this this phase of parenting has required is that, no, I actually have to learn something, right? Not just like all these things I, I already knew. I just want somebody, I want to go to a conference and I want somebody to tell me how great they are. Mm-hmm. No, I actually need to read books about stuff I have no knowledge of at all. And I have to be open-minded. And yes, the scientist who wrote this is like into evolution. So what do I do with that? Oh, but his research is going to change my child's life and has. So you keep going back to wisdom, discernment. Um, it's so huge. Common grace for Common that matter. Common grace, yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, huh. um, medication, psychiatrists mm-hmm. and all the things, you know, that God uses those things in such powerful ways, but it requires so much humility to actually learn. And I told my, um, I, I taught a study on heaven this past, and we were so, so paradigm shifting because most of the stuff we've been taught about heaven comes more from Plato than the Bible. And so it was like, I just warned them, like, you're going to actually have to learn. And we, mm-hmm. we don't love to learn. We love to allow our ideas to be um, put on display and told how great they are, you know, but learning requires breaking down the old and actually applying new information to, to this. And it's hard, it's hard work. And I think, um, again, the gift of having a child that doesn't fit the mold is that you have to, you, well, you don't have to, but it ain't going to work if, if you don't learn some new, some new strategies. So I've heard you say gift, Mm -hmm. joy, Mm -hmm. although even in the midst of we're really the whole context here is really just challenges, you know, but you're, those things are still being extracted even in just a way that you talk about it. Mm -hmm. Um, just talk a little bit about the, the things that, um, 
the challenges have teased out and allowed you to enjoy you mm. in life, to see um, with new eyes on something. So for a parent out there who's like, I don't, you're using joy, you're using gift. I feel like I'm under judgment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I oh. feel like I've done something wrong. Yeah. Um, how are you in the midst of all of that, still seeing God's good hand, his grace in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, how's that played out? And Yeah, I want to first say something about the, the, the judgment. It's such a hard piece because particularly in a, in a faith community where we value behavior, we value certain types of behavior as we should, right? The Bible speaks to certain behavior. Behaviors are all over scripture and we're commanded to do certain behaviors. So when you have a child whose neurological challenges manifest in behavior that is not acceptable, when you have a child who cannot sit in a chair and, and, and listen to even a 10-minute lesson, who um, is going to be deeply triggered by, you know, songs and having to do motions and being asked to, I mean, all these things, right? Um, the impulse is, particularly in a faith community, because you feel all eyes on you. Let me just tell you, my son sits in church with an iPad. He plays Minecraft the whole service, right? It took me two years to be okay with that. It's the only way we can do church. And, and the reason it took me so long is I thought, I'm the Bible teacher. Like, what are people going to think? Mm. Um, I, if I were to see a kid playing Minecraft in church, who's eight, it's not like he's three, he's right. eight. Cap- I mean, every eight-year-old is pretty much capable of, of this. I tried to let it go. And it was either, here are my options, either lean away from faith community altogether, which is what most parents of neurotypical, neuroatypical children do. There's, where do you, we have, I've got this square peg, the church is the round hole. I don't know what, what to do. Or you get used to the eyes and you see it as an opportunity to help the world understand that there's, particularly the church world, needs to understand there's all kinds of kids mm-hmm. and they don't all fit the mold. And this child that's been such a gift to you then gets to become a gift to the people around you. Um, but that is very hard. Mm. It is very hard. Um, you do not want to be the person with the quote-unquote bad kid. And most people don't understand neuroscience. So you can talk about a prefrontal cortex and the amygdala and blah, blah, blah. And most people are like, what are you talking about? You yep. know. So anyway, I just wanted to speak that. I cannot emphasize enough, lean in, not mm. away. Lean in and see it as an opportunity to educate the people around you who are probably way more accepting and wonderful and willing to learn than you think they are. Um, so yeah, so that was, that's one thing when you brought that up, I thought I really need to speak to that. That's great. You just, you want to stay home. You don't want to bring the kid to church. That's going to be disruptive. So, um, as far as Landon being a gift, I think I talk a lot about him in terms of rescue. Um, so I'm in ministry to women. Um, I have a, a decent online presence and you guys probably don't follow a lot of Christian personalities on Instagram (laughs) for women. (laughs) Um, they tend to be very cute. They tend to be very packaged, very, um, here's this verse of the day, or here's this da-da-da-da-da. And honestly, that's kind of the direction I was headed, because it's all I know, you know? It's like, here's these things, and if you apply them to your life, it's just all very cute, all very cute. And Landon has rescued me from being cute. Um, Landon has rescued me from saying things like... Um, and I would never put it this way, but if you read your Bible more and you pray more and you do all these things, you're going to be great. 
No, I can't tell anybody that, right? Our life isn't easier at all. Um, you know, we say things like, everything happens for a reason. Well, I mean, I guess you can make a theological case for that, but how is that even helpful? Is that even the category we should be thinking in or presenting? You know, all of those things. And so Landon just brought us down to earth, into, into reality. And now when I see a mom in Walmart and her kid is freaking out, maybe her kid screams that for it in the middle of the store. Mm-hmm. My first thought isn't, oh my gosh, that kid has never been disciplined a day in his life. My first thought is, oh my goodness, I hope they have a really good therapist. And I, I, I you know, like, <laughs> I hope he's getting the help. I hope he's been tested and diagnosed. And um, just in that right there, that alone. There are other categories, yeah. you know, it's... it's uh, yeah, but me being able to look at that mom and just, I just, usually now I just tear up. I just want to give her a hug. Mm. Like, um, whatever led to that, um, that's hard yeah. and messy. And man, I get to go home to a husband that's like 100% on board. Mm. have no idea if she goes home to that. Most, most parents with a neurodivergent child have a lot of struggles, you know? So that's been the biggest rescue. He's rescued me from being too cute. Yeah. And all these cute little things we say and all the cute little verses we spout out there. Um, you know what's become my favorite thing in the Bible is Lament. You want to talk to me about what I'm reading? It's probably lament. It's probably depressing, <laughs> you know, but, but, oh my goodness, what a, what, what a beautiful thing that God speaks to that. Mm-hmm. A third of the Psalms are psalmists lamenting hard things in life. That is, that is the God that comes to us in our hard places and in our suffering. Our God sees the whole person. And, um, yeah, that's the joy right there. That's, that's the win. That's the gift. That's the rescue. Um, because ain't nobody out there living a real life need any more church cute. And so let's let these children teach us how to be less cute and how to be more real and honest and authentic and whole person. And and that's a great point too. I think to, you know, there may be parents listening to this today and they find themselves like, man, I don't really find myself in that difficult of a situation, but I guarantee you that they're surrounded by people who do. Um, And so a reminder to us too, a man, when there is something going on, when there is, you know, the, the kids screaming in the store, you know, are we showing grace? Are yeah. we being willing to be a support system to those who may be going through a challenging season? Um, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great reminder. It's, yeah. e- it's easy to think when you see that, um, you know, just give me five minutes with that kid and we'll straighten this right 100%. out. Kind of, you know, yeah. kind of one of those situations. And, and again, that is a category out there, right? That is a, a real category. But if you ever want five minutes with my children, I will let you have weeks. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but again, it's, um, you know, there, we don't take an account and you, you made, you made this point with, um, the woman at the well, mm-hmm. we don't take an account stories Yeah. yeah. and, and we don't know the story. And I think time to at least entertain, there's a story here. Mm-hmm. It, our lean is a lot differently. It's a lot different. At least opens up to the idea that, you know what? Um, maybe a, there's something else going on here. Mm-hmm. And I think that step alone will, will, will lead you in a, in a different direction. It's a really great way to see the world. Mm-hmm. When you're not seeing it as, oh, they're doing the wrong thing and I'm doing the right thing. Like when you start to just see humanity as it is Hmm. and how, I think you get closer to seeing how God sees us and it's just a really joyful way to live. Well, April, I just want to say I I really admire 
the the work that you've put in, um, you know the the resources that you sought out, and the amount of time you spent um, learning and reading and seeking and um, you know praying through that. That's that's really admirable um, for the work that you put in for your kids. Um, I'm curious for for our listeners who are listening today. Um, what's the best way for them to connect with you, to find you, uh, how to find your podcast and all that? Um, they can find my podcast by searching for Her God Speaks on any podcast platform. Um, also, HerGodSpeaks.com. And then I have a pretty big Instagram presence. So at Her God Speaks, they're on Instagram. So, awesome. Yeah. And I have to say, just total honest truth, when I was looking at coming down to Bell Shoals, uh, you were actually one of the first things I found out about at Bell Shoals no. <laughs> because of your presence on Instagram and all that. And so you still came. You, you, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but you definitely have a very big reach mm-hmm. and uh, love that. So, um, you know, I think uh, for our listeners today, uh, for me, you know, pretty much the, the biggest thing I've gotten from our talk today um, is really just making sure, you know, as a parent, regardless of what the books may tell me, regardless of, of the patterns that I, that I may need to set, am I modeling mm-hmm. Christ well to my kids? Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this in previous episodes, am I, am I modeling the gospel well? And so if, if you're listening to this today and maybe you're going through a really challenging season, um, we, we just want you to know that there, there is hope. Even if you're not seeing the results, um, just continue to be like That's Bruce right. said, be a, be a faithful parent. Don't worry about being a good parent. Worry about being a faithful yeah. parent. And uh, we would love to connect with you. Man, if there's anything going on right now, uh, you can always text our team. You can text Bell Shoals to 77411. Also, if you go to bellshoals.com, there's parent resources there. We would love to connect with you. Uh, we hear from parents sometimes are going through through challenging seasons mm-hmm. and we want to be able to to partner alongside with you and help you the best that we can and uh, so hopefully this podcast is a great resource for you uh, if you would be so kind as to review and share it. Um, it again not so that people know about along the way but so that more people can find the help that they're looking for and uh, we'll see you next time on the way.